Hello and welcome to the Tech Pixies Sparkle and Drive podcast. This is your host, Joy Foster, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Pip Isles, one of my favorite people in the world, but she also happens to be uh, our CMO at Tech Pixies. She's in charge of our Pinterest curriculum and our Pinterest coaching. She also runs an agency. I don't know how you have time to do it all, Pip. Uh, welcome to the podcast again. I feel like we just had a catch up all about Pinterest. Um, however, we are now doing a series on all of the different social media networks that we teach in our social media magic program. And so I wanted to bring you on and talk about the 21, 2021 trends for Pinterest. So welcome, Pip Isles. Thank you very much for having me back, Joy. I'm, I'm not surprised Always. that we're, we're back again because Pinterest is very fast moving at the moment. So it's a good time to be talking about it. Yes. So tell me all about the 2021 trends. What happened last year in Pinterest that okay. has got us to this point? And where, where, well, are, we, where are we going? Yeah, see, Pinterest's an interesting one because actually they, um, they predict they predict the future. Um, it, well, and that, that's how they market themselves because people tend to be on Pinterest looking for things way in advance of actually purchasing them. Therefore, they can predict what the market is going to look like, particularly um, in, re in regards of product-based businesses. Um, and it's fascinating that last year they had um, eight out of 10 of their 2020 predictions came true, even though it was the least predictable year out there. Um, they produce a brilliant report in December that isn't your typical trend report. It, it's, it's your not yet trending report, if that makes sense. Um, and they describe it as a window into the future from the platform where people go to plan for it. Um, so Pinterest set out 150 predictions for the year ahead. Um, and they started off um, doing that um, a couple of years ago. So I, and if we go back to the beginning, Pinterest's actually only 11 years old. It's still a baby, actually. Um, and therefore, it, it's a platform that is evolving enormously over time. And last year, it saw its biggest growth ever. Not surprising. Um, with most people on there looking for something and whether that's just inspiration to start off with and then moving to purchasing later on. But their predictions for this year, I don't think will surprise anybody, but they're basically saying that there will be no normal. So we're all expecting to go back to normal. And they're saying, no, that's not going to happen. There won't be a normal to return to because we'll all have reinvented ourselves. Um, we'll have reinvented fashion, design and other aspects of our lives. Um, and that's what they're already seeing on Pinterest. Um, they're predicting a renaissance. They're saying that um, when people can't venture outwards, which we couldn't last year and, and we still can't, they turn inwards. So therefore, 2020 was the year of self-reflection and 2021, we should see that the fruits of that reflection is what they're saying. Um, so interestingly, searches for zodiac signs and manifestations have seen the biggest increase um, already, and they're predicting that this year to be even more. Therefore, the well-being sector and coaches on Pinterest are growing. Um, and, and while it's still very e-commerce, and I purchase things in there, I did most of my Christmas shopping through it, um, actually, 
the, the most searched for aspect in 2020 was well-being and mindfulness. Therefore, it wasn't a particular product. It was more about us bettering our lives. So it's a really interesting space to be in this year. Yeah, well, I think that's the interesting thing because probably a lot of coaches don't realize that Pinterest is a space to be on. Of uh, course, creators as well don't really realize that's a place to be. Um, so it's very interesting. We had a really good chat. Our last conversation about Pinterest, we talked about teachers and how they leveraged it and how they can let, you know, how someone getting into the education space can really leverage Pinterest as well. Um, so very interesting about the Zodiac searches and the well-being searches. I find that really interesting. Um, okay. So when one thing that we have talked about before, and I think it's important to bring up again today, because it's really important to understand Pinterest you do not define Pinterest as a social media network in the same terms as we would talk about Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and, um, you know, Instagram. So what would you define it as? So it, it's not your average social media platform. It's a visual search engine. And we have to remember that when using it. It doesn't drive on hashtags um, and it doesn't necessarily drive in the same way of engagement. It's the perfect platform for an introvert because you do not have to put your face out there. You can put your product and your brand out there and nobody minds you being loud and proud about that. You don't have to put your face necessarily out there. Um, it has 416 million monthly active users um, and, and that shot up during 2020. Um, but what's really important about Pinterest is 97% of the searches on it um, are unbranded. Therefore, as a platform, the smaller niche businesses can really thrive on there. Um, and that's really important um, for particularly um, us in the Tech Pixies world, when often we're starting out and we're building our own businesses. Um, and actually, it's not, it's, I think we're going to see it even more this year that the, the Pinterest have tagged the saying um, about within finances that CEO is the new DIY. In other words, people are going to be wanting to run their own businesses and wanting to bolster their finances because actually careers and jobs are not as secure as they used to be. And Pinterest has an enormous aspect um, of being able to support that because it's where people go to solve problems. Therefore, popular searches are at the end of the tax year. How do you file a tax return? as equally looking for Christmas gifts and Valentine's gifts already. Um, so, and it's it's all about your future planning on there. So it's a great space to be for that. Yeah, well, I think one of the most um, impressive features of Pinterest, which is why in many ways, I think it trumps Instagram when talking about driving traffic to a website, uh, particularly if you're not yet in a place where you have something to sell, but you do have you know, I'm thinking of an interior designer who's got a blog post uh, who then pins, you know, she does a blog post about, you know, a certain color of cushion and she does, you know, she pins that image and links it back to that blog post. And even if she doesn't yet have something to sell, 
Uh, ideally, she wants to sell the cushion, but let's say she doesn't sell the cushion yet. She's driving traffic back to her website. And then let's say that that same interior designer has a way of capturing email addresses on her blog so that people can then subscribe to her blog and get all the latest updates. Well, she's driven traffic from Pinterest to her blog. People yeah. like what's on the blog. They subscribe to her blog and she starts to build up her email following. And that's something that we talk about a lot um, at TechPixies that it's important to not only build up your social media following, but convert that social media following into an email following and then email your list every single week. So the other alternative to that is the person who's actually got a product and they're ready to sell it and they post, they pin the picture, they link it back to that product so someone can pick, click on the picture and then buy the product. I think the worst experience that I ever have with Pinterest is seeing something that I like, clicking on it, and then not getting to actually buy the thing that is being advertised in the pin. Um, and that really drives me nuts. How do people check that they're pins are working and keep that clean and up to date. That is so important, which is why the management of your Pinterest account and, and how strategic you are with that is key to its success. It isn't a matter of pinning 50 times a day. And I think there's lots of misconceptions about Pinterest that it's usually time consuming and you have to pin, pin, pin. Actually, that's not the case. What you want to be doing is sharing really high quality content, whether that is driving traffic towards a blog, which then encourages somebody to enter into your mailing list, or is looking for a particular product. And again, signing up to your mailing list to get 10% off or an offer. And what you want to do is make sure that every single destination link works. It is absolutely key. And if you aren't um, using that link anymore, you need to archive the pin so that nobody stumbles across it. Otherwise, exactly as you have said, you have a bad um, customer journey and they're not going to come back to you again. Well, we have someone watching live right now. And of course, you might be listening to this on replay on the podcast. But Rosalind says, not being able to buy what you yeah. see happens to me all the time. So tell me about this. Do you have to archive it or can you just edit it and change the link? Is that possible? Um, you can on depending on what which pins that you have. Um, you can edit the links, but most people tend to archive them and repin because you what you want to have is fresh content. And Pinterest is going to always prioritize fresh new pins, not your old ones necessarily. I was just say, tell me about the life of a pin. Like how long how long does it can it last? So a, the, a pin can last for months, for years, indefinitely. Um, but going back to the link example, for example, um, um, on an account that is running um, traffic towards a sign up for a course and you might change the URL link for that. Well, you need to think about that to start off with, because that URL link could have could be open cart, but also the same link can be used when you are building your waiting list. Therefore, that pin is always going to work. Um, and the reason why I'd never recommend and go back to change those URLs is you are pinning on average that between 30 and 50 pins per week. Therefore, that's an enormous task to go back and edit a vast quantity of pins. Therefore, make sure you use destination links that are not going to break and that you are going to always use. 
if you use WordPress, you can use a plugin that redirects links. So, you know, the good news is, and that's something we've, we've learned, the worst thing you can have is a broken link on your website. Uh, and if you do change the links for some reason, which does happen, you know, you, you change, you can change the links, then you do want to have some kind of a redirect system so that, you know, it, it will redirect properly. Um, but I do, I, that's some great advice though. So, is it worth having a spreadsheet where you've uh, got a list of all the pins you're creating and the links that they're linked to? Yeah, the best thing to do is you have you have to be very strategic. And so Pinterest is a really creative place. And that's really why I came to it in the first place. But actually, behind the scenes, you need to be very organized and actually very data driven. Therefore, to run a spreadsheet with which content are you picking? What is your story behind that content? What is the link that you are linking to? And what are the images you are going to be using? Because you don't want to keep reusing the same time after time again, because it gives the pinners a poor experience. So you need to make sure that you're constantly being up to date with that and keeping a record. You think that you'll remember, but a month later, you have no memory of what you were pinning and what your strategy was. So you need to keep a very um, a consistent log about what you are doing with that. Um, and particularly, even more so if you're a product based, how many times have you pinned about that product? Um, and actually, most product websites just, you know, using the same links or it links back to um, the main home page, the main shopping page. Um, so the links don't need to be altered. Um, but it's about consistently updating what you have all the time with your pins. Yeah. And also, I, it's really important. And I, I think if people are listening to this and they don't have Google Analytics set up on their websites, they 100 percent need to get Google Analytics set up. Uh, because when you set up Google Analytics on your website, um, now all of the social media networks will report back, okay, how much traffic has this social network driven to your website? However, Google has a different number. It always has a different number. Always, there's always a discrepancy between what the social media networks say and what Google says. But it's good to know both numbers, and it's really good to know what Google says is driving traffic to your website from a social standpoint. And uh, I know that we've seen... Uh, because of the work that you've done with Pinterest um, on for Tech Pixies, we've seen uh, that's taken over as one of the most popular ways to get to our website now is through Pinterest, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so tell me more about the trends that are coming in 2021 with um, with Pinterest. We spoke on our last episode, which was episode 63. Uh, we spoke about um, being able to do, like to try on virtual lipstick. Um, there's other things, you know, the virtual reality side of things. So I know there's other things in the works uh, like Pinterest yeah. ads. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Of course. So I think we've got three things that we're we're waiting for with bated breath. So the first thing um, is that the virtual reality aspect of it, I, they haven't announced anything extra yet, but we know that that's in the workings. Um, but um, America and Canada have access to story pins. Um, uh, and the applications for that in the UK are now open. Now, there's a story behind that because story pins actually first came out to the UK users and then it was glitchy. So they stopped it. They sorted out the glitches and then they thought they'd try them on the American market. They now have them working. So we're going to have access to that soon. And they're very similar, we understand, to using Instagram stories. So we're excited about that. But also the thing that we're really waiting for, particularly um, with the clients that I'm working with, is being able to be a verified um, merchant. 
So this means that you can register your business um, around giving pinners more trust in your products um, and being able to have a shopping tab on your profile, which then, of course, will be able to lead you to have earlier access to conversion insights for both paid and organic pins and hoping that the uploading of catalogues, product catalogues will be an easier, smoother process. It's a bit clunky at the moment. Um, and we rely upon some awesome web developers that we work with who just are whizzes. Um, and they go through the process on behalf of our clients. Um, the growth of ads, is it's gonna be a really interesting space, particularly with Apple's um, iOS 14 release um, updates announcing changes that are going to affect um, the, the how we receive and process conversion events. Um, so Facebook Pixel works in a very similar way to the Pinterest tag. Um, so Pinterest won't escape some of that um, uh, uh, controversy, um, but it won't affect Pinterest in quite the same way because Pinterest's main strength is its ability to drive the traffic to the website. Therefore, if the website is configured properly, it will be able to capture email addresses. So therefore, the ads world of Pinterest is growing at a pace. Um, and if we have any Americans listening to us, they'd all be saying, well, we've been on it for years. We don't understand why you haven't been using it. So it's it, we're still very green in the UK. It's fairly new, but it works in a very similar way to Facebook. So we install our Pinterest tag. And at the moment, it's not as complicated as Facebook ads management, which is joy to many people's ears. Um, its platform isn't as intuitive, but this isn't a negative. It just makes it simpler to navigate. Um, so traffic and, um, and awareness and conversion campaign campaigns can all be run. Um, and we can build audiences on Pinterest in exactly the same way as you can on Facebook. Um, the joy of it is being able to build your funnel. And I know that we talked about this back in episode 63. Um, so being able to look after your customer from the very beginning when they just might show that little inkling of interest to you all the way through to the end of actually becoming a loyal customer. And you can nurture them through that funnel sequence um, in a really comprehensive way on Pinterest. And just to be clear, the, the, the funnel sequence happens outside of Pinterest. But what Pinterest does is bring people to your website to capture that email and then you take care of them afterwards. Absolutely. Um, but also with, the, of course, with retargeting on ads, as soon as you have their email address, you can retarget them and encourage them and squeeze them further into your loyalty pot at the bottom of your funnel. Um, the brilliant thing about Pinterest is that it does work. It's built on on SEO, on, on keywords. So which is really unique to Pinterest due to it being the visual search engine. So an average ad has approximately 200 keywords behind the system. So when we build an ad, we will input all of those keywords, which we do a huge amount of research on. Um, and it's not as overwhelming as it sounds because there's many tricks and tips um, to get those keywords and work out what is best. I suppose it's a little bit like having a really good hashtag strategy. You use those keywords and refine them further and further to find your audience. Um, and the joy of it is that you can be encouraged to have a, a digital portfolio and the approach to build your email lists is absolutely 
enormous and it's a slow burn. And I think that if everybody can appreciate that it's not going to happen overnight, you can't just spend a couple of hundred pounds on an ad and suddenly you've got a thousand on your email list. That won't work. That won't happen. But if you invest in it for six months to 12 months, it will be your biggest driver forever because those pins never die. It's not like a, a Facebook ad, which when you no longer have that ad running live, people can't see it. Your pin is there forever and they will be able to keep interacting with it. So it will continue to drive traffic for you for free. The ad, the ad has given your pin the social proof. Therefore, it'll carry on being presented in front of your right audience all the time. So tell, let's talk about what makes a winning pin in 2021. You know, I'm assuming here that you mentioned keywords. So making sure that you've got keywords in the copy of your pin is really important. I would imagine the image is very important. And, um, you know, and also... When you have a blog post, let's say, and you have the opportunity to have five different pictures, well, is that not five different pins? Should you be doing all five pins? Uh, so, so talk to me about that. What makes a winning pin, a winning pin in 2021? Okay. All right. So the actual pin itself, there are four different aspects. So actually only one of those is the image. And you want to use an image, um, preferably is 100% fresh, therefore has never been seen on Pinterest before. But we appreciate that that is uh, not always doable. So it's about being creative with that image. So for example, we have a blog that we want to raise the interest of and drive traffic to. And we are going to um, design a certain amount of pins for that blog. So we might therefore have an image on one and then on another, we're going to use some text overlay so we can get some of those key words in there. Um, we're going to make sure that the image is very clear about what the blog would be about. It needs to be eye catching. Um, you then have your three other aspects. So the title, the description and your pin link. Now, the title and the description, again, it's all about your key words. And therefore, you need to write a list of what those words are. What are people going to write in the search? And you want your pin to show up. Uh, and the best way to start that is literally use those keywords that you thought of, go into the search and see what is coming up. Do your pins align with that? And make sure it's not about keyword stuffing. Pinterest really enjoys nicely written text because the pinners want to read that. And then lastly, your destination link, which we know already is a bugbear of people's. If it doesn't work, don't use it. Now, even if that means that you are needing to link at the moment back to your Instagram account, for example, or a Facebook group, that's fine. Just make sure that it's it, it has a purpose. Otherwise, people that's what turns people off being a, a, a user. Um, therefore, make sure that those are really, really good destinations. And also, if they are on a website, um, you want to make sure that you've claimed your website so that Pinterest can, can read between your website and your account. And then hopefully you'll get the followers through that as well. They'll go, oh, that's good content. I want to know more about these people. They'll either follow you or they'll sign up for your email list. Or, of course, they'll see your, another pin of yours in the future and they'll engage with that one. Um, so those are the key things, really. 
I've always said that you can run a really successful account on five pins a day. Not everybody agrees with me on that. Um, it used to be 50 a day, and I think that's absurd. Um, and Pinterest have lowered it saying, oh, no, you know, we're not really going to give you an answer, but maybe 2015. So they're lowering it all the time. My theory that has always worked is if you have high quality content and you make as many fresh pins as possible, um, five a day consistently is perfect. It's similar to Twitter in that way, in the sense that you can really put multiple posts up in a day. Um, whereas with other networks like Facebook and Instagram, you actually don't want to put multiple posts up a day because it affects the algorithm. But in Pinterest, it does. It's actually a bonus to have more than one. Yeah. And and I mean, I do know some people that will never commit to doing more than one or two pins a day. Fine. It doesn't mean it won't grow. It's just going to be very slow. So if you want to run an account that absolutely speeds uphill, then fine, you're going to want to pin more a day. But for most beginners, five a day is manageable. And once you've put your strategy in place of sourcing your content and knowing how you do it, you can run a really effective Pinterest account on that amount. Um, so the, my advice is always that because I think that's what scares people with Pinterest of being able to keep up with it consistently. Would you say it's better, and I think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from the Pinterest expert. Would you say it's better to, if you are just getting started out in Pinterest, to post one pin a day every day or once a week post seven pins on a single day? Absolutely one a day, without a doubt. And you can you can use the scheduler within Pinterest. You, if you're only doing one a day, you don't need to have any clever add-ons. You can use scheduling tools. Um, and I would always advise that you use Tailwind. That's definitely the preferred partner with Pinterest. Um, but within the Pinterest um, platform, you can schedule your pins. And actually, the time of day it is not as relevant as it would be on social media platforms. It's because actually it takes a good fair time for your pin to get read by the algorithm and to be presented. Therefore, actually... Pins that I have pinned, for example, for um, Tech Pixies, for a really good example is um, we have uh, Tech Pixies have a download for how to get started with your own podcast. And that had that I pinned, you know, nearly six months ago um, when I was pinning that content. And I repinned it in November with different images. And that is our highest performing organic pin. No ad spend behind it at all. Um, and this week alone, it had 200 clicks just on that pin. Wow. So that just goes to show the trends of what people are looking for. And if we if we circle back to what kind of things are we looking for on Pinterest for this year as pinners, um, you know, the ultra entrepreneurial bolstering is going to be key. People are wanting to find other outlets of, 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 of finances. Therefore, setting up and running your own podcast, we all know that that's a really good way of getting your business and your brand um, out there and meeting interesting people. So it's interesting to see that that's the pin that is being downloaded and looked at the most. Yeah, that is really interesting because we do have a podcast guide. So if anyone wants to learn about getting a podcast up and running, basically what I did was I just wrote down every step as I was 
creating our podcast, which uh, now has hit number one in the UK for marketing twice in 2020. And uh, we have regular downloads every single week. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're one of the top 50 marketing podcasts in the UK on a regular basis now. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it, I will say one thing, the UK is opening up their eyes to the power of podcasts. Uh, and of course we film our podcast live, like we're doing right now. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're listening on the replay, but we film it live on our social media channels on Facebook and also now pushing through live to YouTube. And then we put it on to our actual podcast. And so people can choose whether they want to watch it and participate live with us or they want to listen to it. And I will say, you know, in our social supercharge free training program, that's one of the things we talk about is that podcasts go a long way. Uh, so does live video. Uh, and it's still in 2021, you know, no one could predict that this year was going to be the way it is. But we know live video and live sound. And obviously with Clubhouse being introduced now, which is basically live sound. Um, you've 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 got the ability now to reach people digitally that in a in, in a way that you never could before and in a way you never needed to before. Uh, but now you have to. The only way I can actually physically be in the same room with you is on the Zoom room or on a you know Streamyard or on you know YouTube. So I, that's just the way it goes. Um, I think we've got some. Live We've got we've got more used to being online live like this, haven't we? You know, a year ago, um, I, you know, we were doing it for business fine remotely, but I don't think it was um, as commonplace, you know, and I really enjoy watching podcasts. It's really good. It's a it's the most interaction we're going to get at the moment. <laughs> well, and also. You know, think about it. You are in Cornwall. I'm in Oxford. You know, like to actually do a podcast in person, one of the two of us has to travel quite a distance. And, you know, we can't obviously do it right now. But even in real life, if you travel to me or I travel to, to you just to do this half hour piece in person, that's an eight hour round trip. So it's one of those things where actually the, the ability to use technology uh, and to get on with things, even despite what's going on, actually creates some efficiencies that maybe we wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Um, so we've got some, uh, for those of you who have been listening live, we always open up at the end to questions. And we've got some questions, uh, and I'm sure the people listening on the podcast will enjoy these questions as well. So uh, we'll go ahead and keep it in on the podcast. Um, but one of the first questions that came in is from Catherine Lindsay. She says, did Pinterest change the layout of boards on a business account last year? So now on a business account um, I run, you can just see all the pins, or does it just need reorganizing? Do you know how to answer that question? Yeah, they did. At the end of the summer, um, they, like all of these platforms, you wake up one morning and everything shifted on one account and another account still looks the same. They did change the layout of the boards. What you have um, now on your boards, and I'll give you the exact wording, they have created and saved. So created pins are all of your pins that you have created and, and scheduled. Um, and then the save, um, you have an all pin section where every single pin that you have ever pinned is in there. And then you should be able to see the front of all of your boards and the pins within them. So you shouldn't need to reorganize it. You should just um, remember that there are two buttons now, created and saved. And I'm so used to it, I can't remember what the old ones were. Um, but yes, it has changed, I'm afraid. Okay, super. And then another question that's come in uh, is, does Hootsuite work well for Pinterest? 
I'm afraid I don't know the answer to that question. You'll have to try it. Um, I have always, I, I have tried some other platforms with scheduling um, to Pinterest. Um, and I will be honest that they have not worked as well. Um, I am a big fan of Tailwind. And for the, the reason for that is it allows you to interval pin. So when you get um, more experienced with Pinterest, if you're not a beginner, you will know that you can. So, for example, say I pin fresh content, new content today. I might ask um, Tailwind to repin that, but to a different board in a month or six months time. So I start to build more and more pins over time going onto my boards because I want to put it back out there again. Um, so you might want to check if Hootsuite does that. Um, otherwise, have a go is my best answer. Okay, let's uh, talk to Elaine. So Elaine's just joined us. She said, is a pin a share? Uh, I'm not quite sure what she means by that. So a pin is the actual image, okay? Um, so the, the rectangular image, that is called a pin. And when you pin something of your own content, that's the first time it's ever been seen. Somebody can repin that. And when they repin that, they are going to pin it to one of their own boards, which means that they are saving it to come back to later. So that's called a repin. So I hope that that explains your question. So a pin should be the first pin ever. Then your repin is when somebody else sees it, likes it, and repins it to one of their boards, which then in turn gets shared again. Okay. Yeah, and just to be clear, what we're talking about, uh, and again, you're the Pinterest expert, not me, but what you're doing is you're uploading a photo and then you're linking, you're putting in a title and a description, and then you're linking photo to your website. So that's how you yeah. create a pin. And then what someone, when, and then you create a board and it goes on to that board. And then when people want to save your pin, that's what they're doing. They're collect, they're collecting, they're collecting different pins from different people onto their own boards. When my kids were little, I used to do like crafting boards where, and I would, anytime I did crafts with my kids, I would go look for them. Or when I was doing birthday parties, I would go and find all the cakes and I would say, okay, guys, you know, here's all the Mickey Mouse cakes. Which one do you want? And then I would try very hard to make the Mickey Mouse cake that they wanted. So it, the sharing, there's, it's not like, it's not like Facebook where you can like share to your audience or it's not like Twitter where you can retweet your audience. Uh, it's not like Instagram where you can share it to your stories. Uh, and it's not like LinkedIn where you can share it to your feed. But what you're doing is when you put a pin out, people who are searching for that thing can then add it to their boards. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's correct. And the other way that um, your content can be shared is say you have a website with a blog um, and you've installed the, the pin it application on it. Say I come across your website and I am reading your blog and I want to save that blog. Um, I can pin it to one of my Pinterest boards. So therefore your content's being pinned by somebody else. Um, but you have no control over that. Um, but all publicity is good publicity. So, so you want to encourage that if you have a website. Okay, but that, that's a great point, Pip, because, because if other people are pinning your content, right, it's really your job to make sure that your links don't break because Absolutely. that could be why a lot of the Pinterest links don't end up breaking is because people are, are pinning stuff that's there that they don't own and then you can't claim it. And then if you change something, 
yeah. So making sure you've got really good redirects when you change your website is very important. Definitely. Okay, let's look at some other questions that have come in. I love this live interactive audience today. There's some great, great questions. Uh, Jamie says, uh, I'm really interested in driving traffic back to Facebook and Instagram. Are there guidelines for doing this or is it pretty straightforward for a social media novice? I'm really curious what you think about this because I wouldn't necessarily use Pinterest to drive people to Facebook and Instagram. What do you no, think? And I, I think that there are two sides to this. Um, I'm very much a fan of, look, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Have a go. Some people are, are saying, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. But there is no reason why you shouldn't do that. It's usually a very different audience. And if you are wanting to build up your presence on one of those platforms and it drives traffic and you've got good content there, why not? In fact, a really good example at the weekend, um, it's, it's lockdown number three. So we've decided to paint, of course, you decide to paint your house. And I could not decide on the color. So I was on Pinterest typing the, the Dulux color in. And it, most of the pins that it came up with took me back to Instagram and to interior designers' accounts. And actually, then it was really useful. And one of the interior designer accounts I now follow, I am using the blue that they showed in the image and I could get the exact code from their Instagram post. So I am a case and example that it worked. Yeah, it's a really good way. If you don't have a website, I do not believe that you shouldn't be using Pinterest effectively. If it, if it drives traffic to a website, why won't it drive it somewhere else? It's a really good driver yeah. for YouTube. Um, so my, I, I, I think that you should have a go. I really do. Hey, Jamie, look at you, rock star, asking good questions. Yeah. All right, so we have another question from Rosalind who says, would people expect to see different images on your Instagram feed and Pinterest? No, not particularly. You have a very different um, marketplace. Um, and also people go onto Pinterest. Remember, um, they are predominantly looking for an answer to a question or a problem or something specific. Like, look at my example at the weekend. I typed in sapphire blue or whatever it was, Dulux, um, inspiration. That was all I typed in. And it comes up with images. Now, the image that I saw there, actually, I expected to see that on Instagram because I went back to it, didn't I? Therefore, sharing them across makes no difference at all. Okay. I have a question to know, was the, pin, was the pin you saw, was it in the Pinterest style of the, port, the portrait rectangle or was it in the square style of Instagram? That was exactly what I was about to go on and say. However, they had resized the image and um, you must make sure it's rectangular for Pinterest. They, they do allow you to pin squares um, and we are seeing them more often and also very long, slim infographics a lot more. Um, but it's not traditional and we're not entirely sure how the algorithm sees them. Therefore, stick with tradition for now and resize them. It's the best thing to do. 
And I mean, this is probably a novice question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, how is Pinterest moving forwards with pinning videos? Is that still not possible or is that? No, no absolutely. You can pin videos. The top that videos do really well um, in advertising. Videos do well, but actually static pins are still outperforming. We've discovered. Um, but organically, your video pins um, will have a further reach. <laughs> and get more impressions. And the top tips with that, um, again, you want to make sure that they're vertical um, and to overlay with text, they need to be understood without any volume on. So you will want yeah. to, if, if there is speech, you need to make sure that you, you put in subtitles or you have a text overlay on them um, because most people are on Pinterest on their mobile phones with the volume off. I'm only asking because Rosalind's an opera singer. Oh. <laughs> so, she's going to do her opera singing on Pinterest. I was curious. Okay. Louise Bailey has a question. Uh, she says, I've heard pinners are planners. Now, I know Louise. She's one of our very first students in the program from way back when, five years ago. And she's just started creating her own patterns and has created note cards and things like that, which are very cool. So uh, she's probably thinking about this, but she's saying, how far in advance should you post for special dates? For example, Christmas. Okay. Really good question. You are absolutely right, Louise, that pinners are planners. And actually we don't tend to purchase on our first look. Um, and you want your pins to build traction. Therefore, um, 45 days is optimum. Um, however, um, 90 days needs to be your planning. Therefore, you need to be thinking about Christmas by the end of the summer and working out what your content is. Do you have it already? Do you have the destination links there, etc.? So if you can be, you need to be planning all of that content six months in advance to then have the content ready three months in advance to then be building your pen pins to then push the content out. Um, and really, you will want your Christmas content out um, by the beginning of November. Therefore, you're really pinning it mid-September, um, which seems very early. And I was building Christmas pins in a heat wave this year. So um, I do know what that's like. <laughs> um, but you need to think in advance. Therefore, um, Valentine's Day pins were already being pinned um, back in the beginning of December when all of our Christmas pins were already out there. Advertising is a little that's bit different. Um, of course, advertising is live at that time, but you can use one of your existing pins to build your to use within your campaign. So I might have pinned something in September, a Christmas pin, and then use that pin because it's been doing well. So it's got good equivalent of social proof. Therefore, I'm going to use that pin as part of my campaign as my campaign goes live in November, which is when most people are online doing their Christmas shopping. That was a super question. And Louise is very, very organized. So she'll benefit from that. Okay. So Tracy says, hi, newbie here. So just to clarify, you don't actually own your pin page, but you just put your content out there. Is that right? That's no, no, you do have your own pin page. You have your own account. So um, when you open up your Pinterest account, that is your account where you pin your content to that anybody can see. You can have private content on there. Um, but um, in a nutshell, you do own your page, um, but anybody can reshare your content, repin your content, um, which is what you want them to do, um, ultimately. 
Um, so yes, you do own your Pinterest page, your account. Okay. And then she follows up with, uh, <clears throat> uh, you would have a blog page that you direct people back to with your pins. Yes, yeah, absolutely. True. It, could be, it, it could be a blog page. It could be a, a podcast. It could be your YouTube channel. But basically, you want your pins to go somewhere. And really, Pinterest is really unusual in the fact that at the moment, they don't want to keep pinners on Pinterest. They're happy for them to find what they want. And then you take them off somewhere, wherever you that your is business so is. so interesting. Yeah, because the other networks don't want you to leave. Like Facebook no. wants you to stay on Facebook and Instagram wants you to stay on Instagram. They don't want, Twitter wants you to stay on Twitter. That's why they've introduced all the native video because they don't want you leaving yeah. to go to YouTube. That was literally one of the first moves that Facebook made because they didn't yeah. want everyone posting their YouTube videos and leaving Facebook to go to YouTube because obviously YouTube is owned by Google. So they really didn't want to drive traffic to their competitor. So I find that really interesting. So with Pinterest, it is definitely all about getting people to, to discover what they want. They, they, they make Pinterest their search hub. And so they're coming back to Pinterest because they know Pinterest is going to give them good searchable things to go Absolutely. click on or to go find. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. it's a bit like it's the equivalent of a Google search, but with pictures. Um, so, you know, they don't mind you then leaving to go to somebody else's site. Uh, it's, well, it's I, wanted to, I don't know how long it's going to last, <laughs> but we'll enjoy it while no, it does. Let's, let's enjoy it while it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Andrew says, this is really interesting. Pinterest was always beyond me. It's certainly becoming clear. And I will say, you know, uh, uh, Pip, you have a complete talent um, to really break down what could be a very overwhelming, complicated topic and really make it useful for our students. And that's why they all love you. Um, you're our highest rated social media coach. Um, and I think one of the reasons, uh, you know, we do we do a survey at the end and we ask people, you know, um, at the end of each of our coaching sessions. And, you know, I think part of the reason people love the way that you teach is because you really break things down. Now, to be fair, you've been a teacher for quite a few decades and you've got some major experience in really being able to convey what you need to convey to your students. Um, but I have to say, it's one of the things I love about you and one of the reasons that I'm so thrilled that you're our Pinterest coach. And, you know, for those of you watching, I want, and, and I want Pip to tell you her story herself. It's, it's in episode 63, so we won't go deep into it. But one of the things that you need to know is that Pip always used Pinterest, but never knew how to leverage Pinterest. And she did the Tech Pixies course. And at the time she did the Tech Pixies course, we didn't teach Pinterest. And I had kept, I had kept promising everyone, we will teach it, we'll teach it, we'll teach Pinterest. We'll, one day we will teach Pinterest. <laughs> and Pip reached out to me and she said, uh, I'm really interested in Pinterest. You know, can I put together, uh, um, you know, can I, can I put it together a module for you? And I was, and at the time I was not able to, figure it out myself. I always liked figuring it out myself and she seemed really capable. So I said, absolutely. And that became the, this wonderful partnership where not only did she go out and, you know, create the Pinterest module, but she now coaches the Pinterest model and she now module and she now leads our social media team. So Pip, I mean, tell just so that people know, you really didn't know how to use Pinterest or leverage Pinterest as a business owner until very recently. No, absolutely. I used it as a pinner. Therefore, I was the other side of the fence. I was on there finding inspiration um, and, and mainly um, uh, cooing over other teachers' awesome classrooms and their displays that I never, ever did in the same way. And I, um, I, I taught secondary school. 
and um and i think that um go back to the the beginning about saying that i'm clear in what i teach that that's very kind of you but actually i don't think it's about clarity of teaching i think that it's reassuring anybody that is learning and starting out that um you don't know what you don't know so don't worry about it trust the teacher that they will give it to you in the bite-sized chunks that you need follow what they give you and by the end all the bits of the jigsaw will fall into place because um uh pinterest is complicated for some reason but it's not once you know what you are doing and if you take it in bite-sized chunks so the first thing to do get an account and and just look at what other people are doing write a list of your keywords type them in see what people are doing create one pin and set yourself a target of just doing one or two pins a week and then saying okay next month i'm going to try and do a pin per day and you build it up really really gently and i think that the problem is is that people assume that they're going to suddenly um be able to do it and therefore with my teaching background coming to it from a business point of view that's how i tackled it and i needed something to get my teeth into and i knew that i loved being on there because i'm an intra extrovert if you see what i mean i come across as being very confident but actually it takes an awful lot of effort um and i i'm fine in front of a classroom of teenagers but you know in front of lots and lots of people it can be really intimidating therefore i enjoyed pinterest because i could kind of hide behind it um and i could i could be anybody and i'm just looking at beautiful images putting nice copy together and, and pinning it it's wonderful so then understanding how that slotted into a business if i'm on there as a user so regularly where does the making money bit come from and that was like a light bulb moment for me of the fact that it is a glorious place to be i mean it, i think 90% of pinterest users both um business wise and pinners say that it is a positive platform to be on there's no nastiness people are just getting on there doing their jobs either looking and buying or producing things for people to buy therefore it's a really nice partnership um and if there's one bit of advice i can give anybody that's starting out with pinterest is don't listen to any of the negatives don't listen to the you've got to do this x times a day it's really complicated it doesn't need to be complicated um and you can do it all in your own time because it's a slow burn and it's not public therefore no one on pinterest knows what i look like nobody knows that i'm at my desk working in my yeah. pajamas <laughs> yes it's not the social it's not the social network where you're doing selfies right i mean that's not what pinterest is about so no. i love that there's one last question if you'll if you'll if you'll indulge us cuz i think this is important it's from one of our students who has a duck a duck company from karen so karen says my pins are all based on my duck products uh which she does rubber ducks um so should i be doing anything different any thoughts on that um so uh karen the best thing that you can do is you need your product pins now this is when i end up scaring people with pinterest because i'm going to talk about rich pins which means that it pulls extra information from your website to pinterest but you have to put um a bit of coding 
onto your website. So that's when people are a bit like, oh, um, but it's- That won't scare Karen, because I know oh, Karen. She's a bit so, geeky, so fine. You need to validate your rich pins. Um, so Karen, if you, would, if you want to know how to do that, please do reach out to me. Um, you know how to do that because you're in the Tech Pixie community. But if you validate your rich pins, it'll pull information through to your pin. So when you use that destination URL link, it gives the Pinterest um, bots more information to read, and then you want to pin your product images. If you have the energy, you should write an awesome blog. It would be so good, and I can imagine that you would be able to write it in a really, really funny way. And you have lots of us with lots and lots of duck puns, um, which will be able to help you out. You know that. I I bet, like you know, you could do a blog post about the best duck jokes. And yep. then you could just do pins with each of the duck jokes where you do the question, but you don't get the answer. You have to click on the pin to get to the answer to all the duck jokes, right? And I think that's the thing is like when you're really passionate about something like rubber ducks or, you know, whatever you're super, super passionate about, there's so many fun angles you can go with. And so, you know, having having some content that's non-salesy, that's tied into the topic that you love uh, you know, might also go a long way to getting people to, you know, go to your website. So when I was first in blogging, um, I, one of the things I learned was just creating lists is really important. You know, you know, here are like when I lived in Lucerne and I wrote a blog called Living in Lucerne, um, I used to do things like, you know, here are all of the um, English speaking pediatricians in Lucerne. And I would give a list of all the English speaking pediatricians because we were living in as expats in a Swiss German speaking area. And, and then when someone would type in English speaking pediatrician into Google, well, that's what would come up, you know, and that's what the power of, of keywords is, especially with something that's got a searchable topic. So in with the topic of ducks, if you can think about all the different things people search for when they're searching around ducks, um, that's where you create blog content that's edutainment, so educational and entertaining, edutaining. And, you know, that's that's how you can create content that people want to go through. And do you know what? At the end of the day, it's about trial and error, isn't it, Pip? It's about just saying, OK, we don't have this going to work or not. We're just going to try it. And that's absolutely right. With all of your content, you need to pick half a dozen bits of content. So that could be a blog post, a product, et cetera. And just get pins out there and see which one resonates the most, which one is searched for the most. Um, but in regards of the amount of different businesses there are, you know, they're, they're within the Pinterest predictions for 2021, if I just read out some of their really little bits that they've said, just because I really love the way that they've worded it as well. So well-being, so the well-being sector, manifesting is going to be the new nesting, which I think is great. Um, travel, parking space is the new personal space. In other words, um, being a nomad in your own car, van, etc. Food and drink, kitchen is the new Michelin, bland is banned. <laughs> Hobbies and interests, globe crafting is the new globe trotting. Um, and uh, uh, parenting, which I thought was um, really, really important. Heart schooling is the new home schooling. And I think Aww. that that just sums up the incredible space that Pinterest is. 
it's got a real heart in it, in that it does want to help people and it wants to make its content useful. And it is trying to clamp down on those useless links and people repinning the same thing. Um, and I think that we're going to see it grow more and more and more over the course of this year. Um, it's going to be really exciting to be part of. Well, and we're really excited that you are on our team, that you are in charge of our uh, Pinterest module and all the coaching around it. Uh, so if you are interested in working with Pit more, uh, of course, we have the Social Media Supercharge free training program that you can join throughout the year. And that leads to our Social Media Magic 90-Day Transformational Program. And uh, we have a Pinterest module on there, as well as a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and strategy module, which Pips also helped me quite a lot getting that all organized. Uh, and one of the other things that we've introduced, which Pip has led up um, as and has been amazing, uh, is working with our life coach, Teresa, to create a new life coaching toolkit. So when I started Tech Pixies five years ago, I worked with Jess Rogers, and we had, she's an amazing coach, and she'll be on the podcast soon uh, as we reflect back on when we started it, um, literally almost six years ago but one of the things that we started with on the, the life coaching toolkit was a very simple kind of here's your first step here's your second step and here's your third step and as we've been working with women for over um five years now we have learned that different social media networks trigger different emotional uh, hurdle, you know, kind of hurdles that you've got to overcome in order to use those networks. And so we've come up with 12 different topics, we've paired them with the networks. And uh, I don't know, Pin, uh, Pip, do you know, remember what the two that we've paired with uh, Pinterest are off the top of your head? I think it's values is one of them, which is really good because of you being able to present yourself as you are on there. Um, and I'm afraid I can't remember the second one. That's all right. Don't worry. We've also got like uh, for in, for LinkedIn, we talk about imposter syndrome. For uh, Instagram, we talk about perfectionism. Uh, Facebook, we talk about overwhelm. So, you know, we've really tied in different topics to those things. And so Pips helped me uh, really take that to the next level. And we've created this amazing life coaching toolkit that breaks down 12 different things that women have to overcome you know, rejection, a cognitive bias, all these things. So uh, really excited to be rolling that out. And I uh, really want to thank you for your work on that because you and Teresa have done a tremendous amount of work on that. Of course, Colby in the background, uh, who's our video editor and updates all of the modules for us. He's been a total superstar there working with you guys as well. And, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think it's just an opportunity to say, that you know, if you want to get yourself sorted with with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, if you want to understand the whole picture and figure out which one's best for you and gain your confidence uh, across all of those networks, you know, the Social Media Magic course is a great place to be. And and so make sure you're checking out our website, techpix.com, to find out more about our free training program, Social Media Supercharge, which then leads into Social Media Magic. And of course. Uh, Pinterest uh, ads. Uh, Pip's got a Pinterest ads course that she runs, which is a great follow on from our social media magic course. If you decide Pinterest is the way that you want to go and you want to go deep. So uh, you can follow her at the social giraffe. Uh, and you can see that the handle is there on the uh, video if you're watching and it's at the social giraffe if you are typing it in on your phone as you're listening to this. Well, Pip, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me, Joy. It's lovely to see you.